0: On today's program, we will recap Super Bowl 54. We will also recap those snakes in the grass out there in Vegas. This is Thomas Acosta, and this is the Thomas Acosta Show. Let's go! Hello, everyone. Do yourselves a solid and go to Instagram and Twitter. The handles for both is pop the mic 80 that is pop the mic 80 on both Instagram and Twitter? You can also email us, the email is thomasacostashow at gmail.com. Again, that email address is thomasacostashow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the program here on anchor.fm. Now, there's a point I want to make before we get into today's topic. If you work in an office or any other environment where you rely on other coworkers to help shoulder the load, sometimes you'll run into someone who at the 11th hour decides to jump in on a project. Let's say you have a project at work. This Johnny come lately comes in in the 11th hour, makes a few contributions, puts a little bow, puts a little ribbon on the project and then gets to present it to the boss. And the boss ends up giving Johnny Come Lately that raise. He ends up giving this Johnny Come Lately more responsibility. If that happened to you, I think you and everyone listening to this would look around and say, what the F just happened? Why does he get the promotion? And then you start running scenarios through your head and you start thinking of all the times you sacrificed in order to get that project done. You start thinking to yourself, was was Chad the one that had to skip happy hour at TGI Fridays just so I can put in a couple of extra hours at work? I mean, you're over here busting your backside. Meanwhile, Chad is trying to convince Lauren that a third margarita is not that bad of an idea. You know people like this, we all do. So what do you do? Honestly, what do you do? Do you throw up your hands? I mean, do you say, oh, no big deal, or are you going to speak up? You don't want to discredit Chad's contributions. I'm sure you don't want to do that. But you also want to make people understand that this was a team effort. It took a community of people to get this project done. Enter in Kansas City Chiefs running back Damian Williams. It is an absolute travesty sports travesty that Damian Williams did not get the MVP of Super Bowl 54. The fact is, is that he averaged over six yards per carry. Who did they end up giving it to? Pat Mahomes. Let's face it. I mean, his game was less than stellar. I mean, can we all agree with that? It was absolutely terrible. But going back to Damian Williams, six yards a carry, he caught a touchdown, he ran for a touchdown, he got key first downs on the ground and through the air making catches. He was the one that won that Super Bowl and anybody who saw that game understood what was happening. Not only the snowball effect that this Kansas City Chiefs offense has, but who the main cog of the machine was. It was Damian Williams. And everyone wants to make this comparison. I've heard it a lot over the past couple of days, even before this game, that Pat Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL. And he is, he's a great player. He's a phenomenal player. He has arm talent that is out of this world. But if Pat Mahomes is being compared to Steph Curry, remember Steph Curry also has Klay Thompson and he has Draymond Green. So it's just not Pat Mahomes. Football more than any other sport relies on every single person on that field to get their specific job done. To give the MVP to Pat Mahomes was a mistake. It was a mistake and anyone who saw that game knew it was a mistake. And you know, let's get back to that Tyreek Hill play that happened on 3rd and 15, I believe it was, and he made that he made that catch. How does Tyreek Hill the most dangerous man on the field, how does he get that wide open? It just, I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. But Kansas City, they score fast. They score really fast. I'm telling you, they are comparable to the Golden State Warriors in that regard. I mean, listen, I'm a Raider fan. I bore witness to this during week two. The Raiders coming off a home win. Against Denver, everyone's fired up Josh Jacob is gonna, is going to lead us to the promised Land and and John Gruden and here we go. here we go this is our year we don't need a B. Second game of the year they play against Kansas City at home. they get a 14 to nothing lead. I go out to get a drink of water I come back it's 28 to three. The chiefs scored 28 unanswered points <laughs> and you just look around you're like, what the heck am I looking at here? And it was it, it it was unbelievable to see. They score fast. They are going to be one of the more elite teams in the NFL. And trust me, as a Raider fan, I, I hate saying that. I really hate saying that. But when Pat Mahomes gets his $40 million a year contract, he can thank Damian Williams for that. And if they can keep that team together, they can make a run. They can definitely make a run. They I don't think they'll make a run like the Patriots, but they'll definitely... Make a run. And this whole Pat Mahomes uh, being cursed because he was on the Madden video game this year. No, I don't think that. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true at all. Pat Mahomes is not cursed. The Chiefs, I mean, you want to talk about a curse 50 years. They had to wait 50 years to get another Super Bowl. That's unreal. I mean, you, you look at all the droughts the, uh, of teams not winning championships. And a lot of them have been broken within the last 15, 20 years. You know, you talk about the, the Red Sox, uh, the Cubs. You talk about the Chicago White Sox, 2005. You talk about that curse. There's a lot of curses that have gone down over the last 15, 20 years. And I know I'm missing a few, but... Those are the ones that can just come off the top of my head. But can you imagine fifty years without a championship? So there's no curse in Kansas City. Because if Pat Mahomes can 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 be a part of this, I mean I I mean that curse just got debunked. I will tell you who is cursed. That's the San Francisco 49ers. Holy mackerel. Now, before we get into Kyle Shanahan and should we blame him and everything else. Let's just go back, okay? You want to talk about curses? Let's just go back. They lose Super Bowl 47 against the Ravens. Okay, they were losing in that game 28 to 6. Of course, the blackout happens. If you remember that Super Bowl in New Orleans, they come back from a 26, excuse me, 28 to 6 deficit, and they have them on the ropes. They have them on the ropes. They're going to get ready to be Super Bowl champions. And then what happens? Instead of giving it to Frank Gore, who, again, much like Damian Williams, was averaging about six yards of carry in that game. What do they do? What does Jim Harbaugh do? He wants to make Colin Kaepernick the MVP. And he throws it to Crabtree three times. Crabtree, Crabtree, Crabtree. Drop, drop, drop. You want to talk about a curse. Curse. That was unbelievable what I was seeing during that game. 21-point swing. Can you imagine a 21-point swing? It was six uh, six minutes and some change to go. A 21-point swing in a blink of an eye. Kyle Shanahan, I'm telling you right now, he needs to learn from his dad. His dad, of course, Mike Shanahan, who he led the Denver Broncos to -to back-to-back Super Bowl championships, Back in the late '90s, he had Terrell Davis and he had John Elway. What did he do during those Super Bowls? He ran the ball he I mean that's what he did he ran the ball he coached Terrell Davis to a two thousand yard season. He knows how to close out games. I guess a talent like that skips a generation I, I mean I I can't explain it. Why don't you run the ball? You're coming up. Raheem Mosert had the, he had the second greatest game in NFC, in in playoff history. In playoff history behind Eric Dickerson. But no, instead you give it to Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, I'll go on record as saying last show, I thought, I said it, you can play it back if you want. I thought Jimmy G was going to get the job done. I really did. I thought he was very underrated as a quarterback. He had a very underrated season. People calling him a game manager, which absolutely makes no sense. You can't be a game manager and be fourth in the NFL in completion percentage, fifth in touchdowns, and be part and lead the second best scoring offense in the NFL. You can't be a game manager doing that. But that's exactly what Jimmy G did. And I'll go on record as, as, as saying that I thought he was gonna get the job done. But the fact is, is my God, that was that was a hard watch. That fourth quarter was a hard watch. He's out there throwing it like it's the SEC championship game. Do you know that? Do you know that game at halftime of the SEC championship game? I think it's like what? What's the sponsor? I think it's um, I think it's Dr Pepper or something. And they get these they get these students from these universities, you'll get a student from like LSU and you'll get a student from Georgia or Alabama or whatever from each school. And they have to throw a football like 10 yards or 15 yards or whatever it is into this big, huge makeshift two liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. And they have to throw the footballs in that, in that little circle. Well, anyway, a lot of people weren't doing it right because they were trying to throw it overhand like a quarterback would throw a football. And all of a sudden you get, you get Becky Hulu who is majoring in child development and she gets a football and she starts doing Magic Johnson-like chess passes into this, into this goal. And they're winning, they're, they, they are winning in droves doing a chess pass with a football. And that's exactly what Jimmy G was doing on Sunday, especially in that fourth quarter. He was out there trying to get scholarship money, doing those crazy chess passes. It, was, it, it, it really was an unbelievable meltdown. But, of course, the biggest controversy, at least at the, Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl party that I was at, was the 49er fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. When he scored that touchdown... He was not, I repeat, he was not given a Marvel-like character image to celebrate his touchdown. In the household that we were watching the Super Bowl at, that was an utter travesty. How do you not... I guess expectations were low for Mr. Juszczyk to score a touchdown. And I get it, he's a fullback. Fullbacks hardly touch the ball. And of course, that got into a discussion of of fullbacks in the household that I was at watching the Super Bowl. We started talking about fullbacks and how it's a lost art. And, you know, we love the fullbacks at my Super Bowl party. I'm just saying. But it was, it was a joke. There should have been an image. I'm just saying. There just should have been an image. And a couple of other things to take away from the Super Bowl. Bill Belichick is an absolute G. He is gangster times 100 when they were doing the nfl 100 and they bring out a lot of the greatest players ever play the game the greatest coaches if you are old enough to remember in 1999 major league baseball had something similar it was called the all-century team so they named the 100 greatest players and then from that fans got to vote to see who would be on the all-century team it was kind of like that so the nfl 100 has their celebration before the game and they show all these legends all these legends from all over the nfl the 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 greatest collection of football talent you will ever see on one field and what does bill belichick do when the cameras go to him (laughs) he lifts up his hands and shows off his rings he lifts up his hands and shows off his rings that is an absolute G of a move. That is a double middle finger to the NFL. Saying, you can investigate me all you want. You can call me a cheater. Bottom line is, the only thing people are going to remember are these bad boys right here. <laughs> and I absolutely loved it. So bravo for Bill Belichick. The commercial ads. I You know what? I wasn't too impressed, honestly. The most annoying and I think they did this by design, so don't take this as a compliment, Boston, okay? They did not do this to play up the good parts of the Boston, Massachusetts area. No, they didn't. The What was it? The Sonata? I think it was the Honda Sonata had these comedians, co- comedians, and I have no idea who these people were, okay? Just full disclosure. have no idea who these people are, but I know they're comedians, and I've seen them on SNL. I get it. They're supposed to be funny. They, they are using a Boston accent, and saying Ka and Pac and oh my gosh. If it was, it wasn't my house where we watched this game, okay? But if it was my house, the Louisville Sluggers coming out. I'm going full Jose Canseco game one World Series 1988 Grand Slam type swing to my TV. Because that was an awful listen. Just an awful, awful listen. I did not like that one bit. And can we end the argument here between Shakira and J.Lo? Because Shakira pretty much, like Macho Man Randy Savage, just came off the top rope and say, I own this. On her birthday, Super Bowl was Shakira's birthday. I don't know if you knew that. It was her birthday. So while people on their birthdays are talking about how they want to be pampered, and I'm taking presents all month, and it's all about me, Shakira's out there shaking her Donk during the Super Bowl. How about that? Shakira better than J-Lo. I mean, can we agree? I mean, can we stop with this nonsense? It's like comparing Mike Trout to Bryce Harper. We all know Mike Trout is a superior player. We all know Mike Trout's going to be the greatest of all time. So why even bring up Bryce Harper in the same sentence? It doesn't make sense. And the same applies here with Shakira and J-Lo. Shakira, no contest. No contest. I don't care what you say. J-Lo, enjoy A-Rod. Enjoy your 5th marriage, 8th marriage Whatever marriage you're going to be on Here with A-Rod Enjoy that Shakira is queen And that's just a fact Also And we'll get to emails here in a minute Vegas Hates us Vegas They are the They are the biggest snakes in the grass That I have ever heard or that I've, that, that I've ever even known. You know why? Patrick Mahomes, okay, ran... He rushed for 28 yards during the Super Bowl. You're saying, what's the big deal? One of the prop bets that they have for the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, every Super Bowl, Vegas comes out with these ridiculous prop bets. Who's going to sing the anthem in under two minutes? What color is going to be the Gatorade? You get the picture, okay? Vegas put... Patrick Mahomes rushing yards at a number of 29 and a half over or under everyone was so sure that Patrick Mahomes was going to go over that 29 and a half so much money was put on the over they bumped it up seven yards they bumped it up from 29 and a half to 36 that's how much money was going in on the over so what ends up happening the last possession of the game belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs. What does Pat Mahomes do? He has 44 rushing yards at this point. He's well over. He's well over. He's at 44 yards rushing. What does he do? He takes three of the biggest BS kneels you will ever see in a football game. It's unbelievable. Three, three kneel downs, minus 15 yards. That brought that number from 44 yards which was the over and brought it down to 28. You talk about the NBA being investigated and the referees and Tim Donaghy and and all that and and all of the games are rigged and you want to do a full investigation on the NBA. Let's take a look at what happened yesterday in the NFL. 3 Neil, <laughs> Can you imagine that? Three kneel downs for minus fifteen yards. That is unreal. He finished with twenty-eight yards. The over under originally was twenty nine and a half. Raised up to thirty six. Whatever by the way, whatever happened to the old school quarterback kneel? Like you grab it, maybe you maybe you lose a yard, maybe you lose two yards. Fifteen yards, really? Wow. Vegas got me. I'll just say that right now. Vegas got me. And to go back to the Chiefs for a second, and I promise, we'll get to your emails. Andy Reid is a G. That's also another G outside of Bill Belichick, who I just mentioned earlier. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes was asked what he was going to do next after he wins the Super Bowl. And, of course, like everyone, I'm going to Disney World. Okay, that's fine. Andy Reid, fellow fatty, okay, fellow fatty, he has another way to celebrate, and it's, I, I think it's a cause I can get behind. Listen to this. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. I'll <laughs> uh, prime the biggest one. And it uh, might be a double. You got to love Andy Reid. This man is after my own heart. Who wouldn't want to take the cheeseburger over going to Walt Disney World or to Disneyland or whatever they're calling it this time? I grew up in Southern California for over 30 years. Going to Disneyland is one of the more overrated experiences you can ever have while visiting California. I would rather encourage people to swim to and from Alcatraz. I would rather have them do that before they go to Disneyland. My God. The crowds are absolutely insane. You're, you're telling me Pat Mahomes would rather stand in line at a Space Mountain for three hours with no guarantee that he'll get on the ride because Space Mountain is broken down like 95% of the time you go there, but in the off chance that it is running. You think he's standing in line for three hours trying to get on that ride? And let's say he does go on. There's no guarantee that ride's gonna finish. It's been known to break down right in the middle of a ride. They're gonna turn on the lights, discover that the building, the inside of the building, hasn't been dusted since Nixon was in office. Then everyone's gonna have to get off the ride, take the walk of shame, and try to drown their sorrows in some frozen lemonade that cost them $15. No thanks. I think I'll pass. Give me the cheeseburger double with jalapenos and don't be stingy on the mustard that's all I'm saying just don't be stingy on the mustard I am taking cheeseburger 11 out of 10 times but man you know what that Kansas City offense just to get back to the original point they can score I mean, you look at their playoff run uh, wins. 24, they overcame a 24-point deficit at home against Houston. They overcame a 10-point deficit at home against Tennessee. And then you turn around, you blink, you go to the bathroom, and next thing you know, it's four touchdowns in a row, 21 unanswered points, or you know whatever the run is. Just unbelievable stuff by the Kansas City Chiefs. alright let's get to your emails here again the email address is thomasacostashow at gmail.com again that email address is thomasacostashow at gmail.com alright this is from Dan Dan wrote no I'm sorry Don I apologize Don I can't read my own chicken scratch ok Let me see what we got here. Just bear with me here. Alright, no, that's not it. Sorry about this guys, I apologize. Okay, here we go. I'm just trying to I'm trying to look for it here. I'm trying to search it on my phone. All right, here we go. Okay, I just gave you the most boring 45 seconds of podcast you'll ever hear. Okay, all right, this is from Dan. Okay, Dan writes When you were talking about Kobe, how come you didn't mention the other victims' lives in detail? You broke down Kobe's career, but you didn't mention the impact that the rest of the victims have. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, let me give you a piece of reality here for you, okay? And no one's going to like this. I can just tell right now that, that people are not going to like what I'm going to say. So if, if it's going to make your tummy hurt, I, I can't help that. But this is the reality of it. Kobe Bryant, I want you to follow me here. Kobe Bryant from a public eyes perspective did more notable things just follow me here did more notable things in the public eye than the rest of the victims did it does not discount their lives it does not take anything away the impact they had in their respective fields the main story the one that's going to get clicks the one that's going to get the attention is the person who is perceived to be more important in the public eye than everybody else. That person, as you know, Dan, is Kobe Bryant. Now, again, that does not take away the impact of John Altobelli, Carrie, their wife, Alyssa. It does not take away the impact of Christina Mauser. Ira Zobanian, it does not take away the impact he had. It doesn't take away the impact from Sarah and Peyton Chester or even Gianna Bryant. It doesn't take away from any of that. John Otzebelli was a coach at Orange Coast College for over 20 years. You're going to tell me he didn't have an impact? Absolutely he had an impact. He's getting guys 17, 18 years old coming into college, still trying to figure it out, still trying to figure out life. And by the time they leave his tutelage, they become better men for it. That is the type of impact John Altobelli had. And you can say the same thing with Christina Mauser as well. It doesn't take away the impact that they've had. These coaches and teachers and mothers... And the, t- the, the, the insane amount of impact that they have just in day-to-day life. But the bottom line is, in the public's eye, Kobe Bryant did more notable things in the public eye than the other victims did. But again, does not take away the impact of the other victims and the impact that they had on the lives around them so that's why but thank you very much for the email I hope you listen again okay we got another email this one let me go back to my phone here this one is from Trevor hey Trevor How you doing? That's a stupid question because you can't answer that. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Trevor writes. How can you say that Kobe Bryant is better than Shaquille O'Neal? There is no contest. Shaquille O'Neal was the more dominant player. The offense went through him. Kobe Bryant was just second fiddle. He was the Scottie Pippen to Shaquille's Michael Jordan. Okay. You can go back and listen to how I broke down Kobe Bryant's career and what I think it meant to the NBA, what it meant to the Lakers organization, and how I think he was misrepresented in a very, very bad way in a very horrible way. For someone who saw those games, and I was in I was just in high school going into college when I was seeing this develop. And I can tell you right now that Kobe Bryant led those teams. You can make a strong argument that Kobe Bryant was the leader of those early championship teams for the simple fact that He led the team in assists. He had the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. He was always willing to take the big shot. Shaq was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter because he was a garbage free throw shooter. That's not to discredit his accomplishments. And Shaq's a Hall of Fame player. He could have been the greatest player of all time had he learned how to shoot free throws but the notion that this was Shaq's team is just it's a terrible take cuz it's not true I mean how do you define someone how do you define a player and saying okay that player is the leader of that team or that is so and so's team how do you how do you go about proving that and showing that by taking clutch shots making your free throws in critical situations, having the ball in your hand, leading the team in assists and scoring. By that definition, it's Kobe Bryant, Monday through Sunday. So that's why I think that Kobe is was the leader of those teams. Okay, I guess we'll go ahead and leave it at that. Again, the email address, thomasacostashow at gmail.com. Again, that's thomasacostashow at gmail.com. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.